0: before we even get into this, that anyone that's been following along, if you could just take the time, go to Roland Brothers Market Mashups, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And at some point, this is gonna only be on YouTube. I know right now we've been putting it live on Facebook, live on Twitter. Our goal is to have this entire show on YouTube. So go to the YouTube page. Mike and I will post it on our Facebooks, subscribe to our YouTube page and we're going to get way more aggressive with this. But yeah, let's dive into it. It's starting to look too easy. That, that's my initial thoughts here. It's starting to look too easy. But in saying that, and Dad, maybe you could talk about this a little bit. This morning's the first time that I'm starting to realize that the stimulus goes beyond just our country. It seems like there's talk now that Europe is starting to talk about doing these huge stimulus packages and Asia – And I guess my question is, does that give this market a whole nother set of legs when you kind of think about those different countries also adding to the stimulus? I mean, what could that really, what does that mean for the markets?
1: Well, I mean, there's no doubt that the amount of liquidity around the world is the reason that these markets are so buoyant and um, I don't know if you saw Jeremy Siegel yesterday. He's a professor from the University of Pennsylvania. He's usually very bullish. He was extremely bullish. And he talks about the liquidity. And I don't know the, the ins and outs of how that money ends up in the stock market. But you just know when there's a lot of liquidity in general that stocks rise. And the Fed has the accelerator out there, the Treasury, all these other countries, and we've never seen anything like it. But like you said, it's getting too easy. And within moves up, you're going to definitely get um, shakeouts from time to time. And I still think you got to look at uh, sectors and really pick and choose here and be careful. I mean, I think uh, there was another broker out today talking about how the cruise ships have gone far enough. They're not going to see earnings till 2023, and even then, they may not get back to the levels that they were, you know, looking at last year. So you know, there's a lot of stocks that have had huge moves that might it might be time to take some profits or think about shorting. Or just stay away from those names altogether.
0: I would love to time shorts correctly. In no. my opinion, there's nothing better making money off a of down market. I know that's a hot take, and not everyone loves it. But at the end of the day, there's nothing better than being able to make money off a of down market. The one thing I'll say is, every time the market runs really hot to the point where it feels easy. I always think to myself like, oh, this is going to be a time that is different. This is going to be the one time that we see no drop off and we're going to have a year straight of day after day and I'm going to get rich in this market. And that's just never actually the reality. And that's what I'm reminding myself right now is any time when it's started to feel too easy, like any stock you pick just keeps going up. Usually it's
2: hard. It's not, nothing comes too easy. Anytime you're feeling like that, there's a reason to sell because it's time. That's what that means.
0: Yeah. saying that's such a hot topic right now that it's too overbought. It's too overbought that you almost need that to no longer be what people are saying. And for people to just be like, yeah.
2: Day trading. You, you take the emotions out of it. And like we always talk about, there's always a stock that's gotten beaten to a pulp even when the market's gone up like crazy where you look at some of these and you're like, well, this hasn't been part of this party. So I, yeah. I, I'm like looking at the market way differently than when we first started investing a few years ago now. So I, I'm pumped about this.
1: Well, your are is looking good, Mike. I saw it's above uh, 10 pretty solidly. Yeah, how about
2: Times Company? I don't so, know what that's
1: doing. Is I'll that- tell you what, I'm
2: guys, my pick of the day is Duncan. I, I was following that a lot last night. I think. It's at a very good spot right now. And when you think about places that really were set up perfectly, the way they're structured for the pandemic with dine in shutting down, when you think of a Dunkin' Donuts, not only do they have drive-through, but what's their dine-in really? It's very little. It's easy to transform that into takeout, which they have. And their delivery from what I'm gathering has been through the roof. I'm expecting those guys to their next earnings to be going crazy and they're off their 52 week highs by almost 30 percent it's a I, when you think of dunkin donuts i mean we heard it from ed cookie jarvis on the podcast the other night loves powder donuts you'll they're not going anywhere it's Dunkin'.
1: give the yeah. sound out, Mike.
0: dnkn or is it dkn dnkn yeah and i know you know mike and i one of the things we were talking last night is at the end of the day short term who knows what's gonna end itself when it comes to volatility but well, long term, Duncan 30% off of ties it's tough to imagine that at some point in our lives not too far out, Duncan is at all-time highs again and if you Double look at where it, where like, it is, really. and, and if you look at it like that and you're not necessarily trying to time the volatility time the swings, Right now, you could buy a stock that's 30% off its highs. That's a staple company in our country slash world that has been for quite some time. I also
2: like that as a short term, though, Dan. I think it's a good value play right now. With When you think about the what-ifs, even say the virus numbers pick up again from all these protests, the stay-at-home stocks pick up momentum, I think, Duncan, if anything, they're – to an extent recession proof with what's going on right now. They're a stock I just would like right now, regardless of if there's a sell-off. I think they hold up nicely.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I like some of the names you've been throwing out lately because they kind of cater to more value names. And I'm not saying that's right. Maybe we see these technology stocks and stocks that don't really make sense continue to drive the market higher. But... You would think that if there is a sell-off, you want to be in names that are paying dividends that are more value-related. John, let me ask you, when it and comes- And it's not to- value
2: at that point, right? It's growth. When you think about value stocks that have, or at yeah. some point you can look at as a growth stock based on where it's trading and what your agenda is. So that's what I like about some of these value stocks. I'm approaching them as growth stocks short-term.
1: Yeah, I think Duncan would be considered a growth stock. I don't think it would be considered a value name you know, and it looks good on the charts.
0: Yep. It's about to go up. So, so dad, let me ask you, based on this narrative now that Europe is starting to see stimulus talks and that it sounds like it could be something that comes on hot, similar to what we did here. Are there certain names that you're looking at that have kind of been Dog names for the last decade. Because well, of- I
1: think we we both know what those are. We talked about them for a few years. Uh, Deutsche Bank, Goldman, uh, Credit Swiss, uh, maybe UBS. Any of the banks in Europe, uh, you know, the major banks are probably an interesting play. Um, and you know, it, there's a lot of companies that trade uh, here that are European that could get helped also. Um, Siemens comes to mind. I haven't looked at the stock recently, but there's a lot of great companies in Europe that obviously could be helped by a stimulus, just like here. And the stimulus isn't new there. I think it's just accelerating a bit. I, mean, I
0: know I know like in the past, I've brought up these European banks to you, but kind of. Remind us, like, why why have they been such awful stocks for so many years? I mean, when you look at Deutsche Bank's chart, uh, the symbols DB, if anyone wants to look at it, it's you just look at a stock that has gotten beyond demolished over year after year after year. Why and what's going to cause that to change?
1: Well, I you know I think they were in much worse shape coming out of two thousand nine the u.s banks they had a lot of uh loans that were just horrendous around the globe um you know it's hard to say exactly why for some of these banks but i think that is the main reason because people would compare them to the u.s banks and they just did not have the same reserves everything was a little bit worse in general some and the loans were just horrible you know you had the uh, eu which included greece italy portugal and the loans to those areas were disasters you know everything that happened there so it took years to get through them and i don't even i don't even know if they're through them yet but at least this is a little light at the end of the tunnel for them and if you look at the short term chart, they don't look that bad I mean, Deutsche Bank's high was 11.16 short-term, forget where it was years ago. Um, and now the stock's around nine. So it's not far from its eyes. In a way, they look uh, better than the US banks, at least short-term.
0: Do you own any of the European banks?
1: Credit Suisse. I, I
0: you recently US. bought
1: it? Yeah, I recently bought it. CS is the symbol. I have to disclose my work there.
0: (laughs) Am I what? I know nothing. Yeah. Yeah, So Bob no longer works there, but just so everyone knows, Bob worked at Solomon Brothers and then briefly day traded at home, and then closed out his Wall Street Bob career at Credit Suisse. So that could be a biased pick, but I, I don't think Bob's a biased guy. So I think he actually likes it. Mike, are you going to do anything with the European stocks? I know we own BP, which is a European. I'm loving oil- a lot
2: of BP, which is finally starting to show some sort of life. Dad, I liked your Chevron pick yesterday. It started rallying at the end of the day. So I loaded up on that. Uh I mean, I'm not a big, I've never been big on buying into the banks. I I was in and out of city last week for a quick profit off dad's pick. Um, Maybe I'll dabble with UBS because I know Paul's girlfriend, I saw her apartment you could see the UBS symbol from across the water. (laughs) maybe that's a sign for me to jump in.
1: I like that Uh,
2: Yeah. I mean, hey, I'm all about signals. So maybe it's time to jump in that. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm not a big bank guy personally. I've never.
1: Well, uh, there's, there's a good, good argument against owning the banks any for a long-term period of time because the banks historically have paid huge salaries, this goes with the brokers also. So a lot of their profits have always gone right back out to their employees. Yeah, um, but they have so, lower. They have lowered the amount they pay out considerably over the last. Ten years, so that is. Well, they have no choice because
2: there's way better value in other sectors because of that.
1: Yeah, but there's also another point. A lot of these banks, if not almost all of them, are not doing buybacks because of the political hot talk about buybacks, and that takes away a huge buyer in these banks. So that's another. So that's a a negative for. That's a negative in the long term, I think. Yeah, yeah. That um,
2: one thing I'll tell you guys, what Dan and I were talking a bit about last night, what I'm really starting to think is Home Depot. I know they're at all time highs, but I think they have way more room to run when you think about the combination here of these protests and the pandemic with the what's going to come from the post pandemic with the home improvements, people even with Zillow, with what Zillow's doing, I think helps Home Depot with it being way easier to transact a house as a buyer and seller, and you look at the unrest with China, uh, with these the Hong Kong situation, and the protests leading with all the rioting, not the protesters, the rioters and looters have led to all this plywood being put up, and all these places being boarded up.
1: And yeah, I've you know,
2: literally everywhere construction, um, Home Depot to me could be blowing through their highs. I, well, I think they have way more it. room to run
1: here. That's a really good point. You can almost look at these riots as a hurricane and they're all over the country and you know how well the home depots do after hurricanes. So it's a similar kind of thing.
2: Exactly. So that's something we should look at.
0: Yeah. And I don't think anyone's really making that correlation yet. Like at least it's I'm sure
1: they are. Yeah. People are. are. are.
0: But not like the mainstream media. Like when you're watching you know, different people with opinions and with everything going on. If you don't hear people being like, Oh, Home Depot could be an interesting guy right now because buildings are destroyed all over the city. And and
2: for our listeners and viewers out there, think about, like, I think a lot of what we're all seeing, Dan and I, and dad, you've been in it way longer than us, but even just being worldly and like seeing what's around, like take advantage of your surroundings, walk outside and just feel things out. I know, dad, for a long time, you would think, oh, is the Apple store busy? Things like that, like checking Uh out parking lots around certain big retailers. For me, when you guys knew I was so bullish on Chewy a few weeks ago, i am seeing these boxes all over the place. So people are throwing out the, you know, whatever they have left over the trash from what they got with Chewy. And I've seen it enough where it's clear they're probably going to be popping on earnings. I don't have any inside scoop on that outside of just a numbers game. You, well, stand, a you talk to call. enough people, you know? Yeah. But that, that's, I think a lot of times Dan and I talked about this a little dad, and you could shed light on this yesterday. The technical, sometimes when you overthink it, it does more harm than good with looking at this stuff. And you really have to sit back and think what just use some common sense
1: yeah, and what's know, going on
2: in the world and get ahead of the narratives.
1: Right. And you know what you guys are doing and you know, is very, um, uh, small trading in and out, when you're talking about a portfolio manager who's got to commit millions of dollars to a stock, they really have to overthink it because they're doing so much in and people are depending on it. So it's a much different analysis when they'll look at it than when we're going to look at it.
2: Well, it's almost like the lean machine in business, right? Versus VC-backed companies that have 80 decision makers and investors. Right. So there's definitely an advantage to not having so much red tape. With yeah. The and,
1: making. and it's not only that. When you're playing small amounts, you can get in and out quickly. You know, these portfolio yeah. managers, it could take days to get out or in a stock, moving the stock a few percent each, each direction.
2: Oh, are you mean when you talk about their orders of how massive they are for somebody to take it?
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: because like at the end of the day, when, if we're, if you're selling, let's say a hundred thousand dollars worth of stock, there's always going to be that supply where on the other end, someone's mm-hmm. going to pick up that trade. If you were to sell $50 million worth of stock, that doesn't necessarily apply. You don't necessarily. Yeah, it's not apply. like the that's everyday right. Joe Schmo yeah. has a buy order
1: on that. Yeah. And, and that's they you have to consider that when they're buying and selling stock, if they're going to get into a company, if there's no liquidity, they're going to say, okay, what is this going to cost us to get in? Is it worth it? Is there enough upside after that? Or is it just something we should walk away from? So there could be a great stock that you decide to buy that they would never look at because they just can't get in it.
0: Yeah, and that also kind of goes goes hand in hand with um, what we were saying when we first started this, where if you look after a company might have pretty good earnings, but they've run up. And then sometimes you see that two to three day sell off. A lot of it is one big holder unloading their position. And if you kind of follow it along after about two and a half days is normally when that correction starts to go the other way because that person unloaded the rest of their shares and it could start to go back up. So it's definitely... An important thing to keep in mind: if you see a company start to go down after big earnings, it could be somebody unloading a ton of them. So that's something to consider. What you guys do? Yesterday in the market, I know coming into this. So just so everyone knows, I have been like this week, just slowly trimming some of my positions, not to raise a ton of cash. I was getting really, really carried away with trading on margin and basically being all into this market to the point where if there was a big correction, it would have been not that great of a situation for me. And I did not want that. So I wanted to rearrange my position. So if the market does correct, whether it's five, 10, I personally don't see it being more than 10 to correct. If it does, I don't want to be caught with my pants down. So I, I did sell you know, a few hundred grand of stock yesterday, just to kind of rearrange things, and that's just where I'm at. I don't, I don't know what your guys' plan has been with that.
2: I mean, I think you had way more aggression. Than, I mean, I'm, I'm in margin a bit, but nowhere near. When you're saying you sold off a few hundred grand of stock, that's not something that's I'm in position to be making sense of doing with my portfolio at all, because yeah. I'm not in those types of layouts.
1: And you guys know me, I'm always uh, have a large cash position and never go into margin anymore. In fact, I can't recall in my life ever using margin, which is pretty conservative. But, oh, yeah, you were making dominant
2: money ongoing. That's, the, that's what it comes down to, you know, making sure you're getting paid enough where that's, that's really the name of the game.
1: Um, yesterday I sold, uh, a little Boeing into the strength. I'll probably do the same today. I Dad, You've been
2: selling off Boeing prematurely on going here. Well, he,
1: yeah, it's, it's in and out. He trims it. Yeah. it like he no, I know he
2: trims it, but the timing on that is not, Boeing has gone up a lot throughout these trimmings.
1: But I've also bought Boeing while it's going up. So I have my, my ultimate position is higher than it was when the stock was, uh, 125 yeah
0: it'll be, in, it'll be interesting to watch draft kings and pen today because yesterday they both had nice little sell-offs and it was the first time in recent memory that there wasn't really much volatility there was costs and they weren't met by buyers and i haven't looked at either of them today but it'll be interesting to see if it's a rotation sector or if it was a one-day thing because I, know I don't
2: think it was a one-day thing. I think those ran way too hot, all of gaming. And when you look at where the world is right now, that, that needs to cool off a bit. I'm not touching gaming this week well, at all. The
1: casino so, stocks right now are up. Um, Penn is up about 50 cents. And Donkey Kong, which is what I call it, is up another 50 cents. I and don't I'm... see
2: that. La- I, pr- I predict those are down at the end of the day, personally.
1: They had a PM on CNBC this morning who was pretty bullish on DNKG, Donkey Kong.
2: Everyone's bullish on it. That's the problem I have.
1: And he mentioned the 50 states getting uh, approval for online gaming. But uh, going back to what I did yesterday, I bought some Glaxo, which I had mentioned. And I bought some uh, Chevron. And I also saw... Wait, what was the first one? Glaxo. GSK, GSK, which is in you know in the drug sector that we talked about, and um, and what
2: are you doing with that, Dad? Is that a short term hold for you?
1: That'll probably be a longer term hold. Um, my thinking is to get more defensive with my portfolio, and um, I have a, um, a sizable amount of um, a mutual fund um, for pharmaceuticals but I don't have that big a position in drug stocks, uh, you know, individually. So I have some Merck and now I have some Glaxo and I'm thinking along the uh, lines of maybe building that up a little bit, along with the oils, which I have a pretty good position in BP and Chevron now. I I got rid of my Exxon and uh, replaced it with Chevron. I followed
2: you into Chevron yesterday. So that'll be interesting.
1: And I gotta
0: uh, or go ahead, sorry.
1: No, what I was gonna say is um, you know, I have a my largest position is still Apple. And one thing you, when you're when you have capital gains, you got to make decisions about what to do. And I do I've had Apple for so long that it's almost not worth it to ever sell it. And you, know, you got to trade somehow, maybe trade the options way out. Maybe you go out to a January uh, 2022 option and sell calls against it to protect you. But I, I'm not sure I got to think about what I'm going to do there. So, yeah,
2: that's an interesting point you bring up. The whole strategy when you're long a stock for like over a year and it's a, like one of these anchor long term staple holdings like Apple. What as an investor, I think a lot of it depends too on how old you are and what you're trying to do. But where, where is your head at for younger investors that are trying to stay in an Apple long term, but also might be up a lot on it and aren't sure what to do with tax
1: ramifications if they uh, want to sell should, a bit? I mean, technically, the rule of thumb is to just ignore taxes and sell it when you think it's right to sell it. And well, don't
2: ignore tax. You got to pay them.
1: You have to pay them, but if you make the money, you don't mind paying it, right?
2: I mean, I always mind paying it. I, I hate paying any type of penalty. <laughs> but
1: you could delay it because you could do leap options. Uh, a leap option goes out a year or two years. and um, Or you
2: could do the opportunity zones, right?
1: Well, no, that's, let's not even get into that. That's a whole hour. <laughs> but but um, that is another
2: option. We could talk about another episode as a what you do to avoid a a capital gain.
1: Yeah, but I think the the easiest way for someone to do it would be to sell calls against a position going way out, uh, probably 21 or 22 in January. And then you're pretty much um, locking in a certain safety valve in in that stock. And you could always buy back the options before – 2022 and that covers your position you're back long ago
0: and and for those that are watching this he's basically talking about selling call options out in the money so if it continues to go up you're basically committing to selling it at a certain price but if it gets stuck in neutral or it goes down you're then collecting the premium on that trade and I will say, that's how I played Twilio back in the day. missed out on one of the biggest runs of my life. But short term, you know, you make some money, you move on. No one's going to ever go broke, putting a profit. We have five minutes left. I have a stock that I told a buddy that we would bring up on here. Bob, I think you'll get a kick out of this chart. Check it out. It's called Genius. The ticker is G-N-U-S. It's actually kind of interesting if you look into what they do. It's basically a company that... Is making TV shows for toddlers and tweens, and apparently they just formed a partnership with Alibaba. Apparently, it's one of uh, a former employee of Disney, and it, it's it's definitely interesting. They've run up about a hundred percent in a couple of days, but that's after falling below a buck and getting reinstated with the Nasdaq as you know being compliance, which has given them a lift. They're going to have a subscription model that gets introduced here, I believe, in a few weeks. But essentially, it's almost like a Netflix-type service for babies. And it, it, it's definitely a company that is running out of control short term. <laughs> I have uh, a buddy i am it up on here. Bob, everyone wants to hear your opinion on it. Let's hear it.
1: I mean, there's no way to know what to say about it. I mean, this is the kind of stock you wanted to hear about four days ago, right? <laughs> yeah. Broke I think out we missed from, the beat. It, it broke out from about 30 cents, and it's at $4.36 now. And it broke Damn, out about a, retired. one, two, three, four, about a week ago. So what do you say I just want to have a
2: dream with one of these stocks in it one of these nights, like on the day before it breaks out and just wake up and be like oh i'm buying this i
1: mean if you want i could stop it i'll buy a thousand shares and you'll see it back down at three <laughs> perfect
0: uh, look I, w- I will say if you do some research on them they're the projections that they're laying out are massive they're talking about going from 22 uh, 22 million in revenue a year and in a few years from now, being up to like over 350 million in revenues a year, that they have pretty high goals that they're setting for themselves, and it does seem like they're forming some really legit partnerships. But definitely on the speculative side, personally, it seems like a company that at any day might have some weird report come out that questions the the whole entire company. Yeah, but like
2: a lot of these are fake people
0: better I, I, like- I, I don't know but yeah. i I'm, we might we, have uh, in here's later, been a personal here. struggle here's been a struggle of mine the last few uh, days slash weeks is since we've started this I have a lot of people sending me companies that are, are running all over the place that have run hot that have run not hot I'm trying to stay in my own lane here because anytime I try and dabble on a company I've never heard of that someone else throws at me I get burned. And I'm that's trying to not I don't get watch
2: any television. I don't pay attention to any of these analysts because they all contradict each other and have their own agendas. So I'm like, fuck these people. I'm doing my own thing.
0: So, all right. Well, with that being said, let's do our final trades of the day. It's crazy how quick a 30 minutes goes by here, but uh, I've been loving this for anyone that's tuning in right now. Again, please go to our YouTube channel, Roland Brothers Market Mashup, subscribe, <laughs> Eventually we're going to have this whole thing just on YouTube and, and we might have a subscription coming out here soon too. We are going to work on something to try and keep people in the loop with like the specific trades that we're actually doing. If anyone's interested, we're, we're still working on how that's going to pan out, but definitely stay tuned. Cause we're going to continue to build this up, but Mike trade of the day. Is it Duncan?
2: Duncan, without a doubt.
1: Bob. Yeah, I got to start doing um, a little homework before we come on here. Um, You know, I mentioned Zoom yesterday. The earnings were out that I thought it was uh, going down. And it got up to, I think, 220 this morning or last night after the earnings. And uh, it's back to 209. Damn, we should have shorted it. I I think um, if I was going to pick something today, my gut tells me that's going lower.
0: I like where your head's at I, I was thinking about uh, short shortened Zoom. It just takes so many big, it's it just, it's, it's, yeah, a I know. I'm with a you, man. It's like, betting.
1: Play. Play. I think it's better to watch it go down than try it. But yeah. Um, it, I think yeah, yeah. Much.
2: I'm going to be out me one of these months.
0: My personal opinion is that Zoom's real big growth days are behind them. Anything they haven't seen in the last three to six months, it's, tough to imagine them seeing in the future like this was their time and don't get me wrong they blow out quarter i think you got a lot of competition i mean blow
1: out quarter and it's still trading like 30 or 40 times sales i don't even like zoom i hate the platform
2: personally it doesn't work half the time for me so i have zero interest in touching that stock um Just like i hate oh. beyond Meat because they taste disgusting
0: uh, I don't have a, a buy at the moment. I'm going to continue to trim a little bit into strength. And I could see the market going way higher just with everything happening. But I, I don't want to wake up one day with a, with a 1500 point dip and me being way too invested in stock, feeling like I didn't have enough on the side. Um, thanks for watching, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great day.
2: Make some money.